Hello! Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Before it starts, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone for listening to my podcast. If you're new, welcome. I hope you love it. I hope you listen to the rest of the episodes and enjoy them too. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so very, very much. I appreciate all of you for listening. If you want to reach out to me, uh, you can send me an email, conversations at gmail.com or anywhere on social media. I'm, I'm everywhere. I would appreciate any input you have. I'll be trying to do more contests soon too, but uh, spread the word. Tell your friends to listen. I would love to have more people on board, uh, more subscribers or followers or whatever the heck they call them. Okay, here comes the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations. I know I sound a little uh, rough, but I'm just bouncing back from having strep throat, so that's a pain when you are a podcaster and professional talker. Anyway, my guest today is Dr. Lexi Watson, and she is going to talk to us about cognitive decline and how to prevent it, um, things that you should look for if you're concerned about your memory or a fear of having any kind of decline, Alzheimer's, dementia, we cover it all, as well as supplements that are good to take, vitamins, a good diet. She really covers a ton, so I'm anxious for you guys to hear it. And if you have any input, please feel free to reach out to me on all the socials. Okay, guys, here we go. Hey, Don. how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about this episode. Me too. Oh my gosh, you have so many credentials. Like you do so much. I, it's like this should be like a three-parter, um, oh, but it gosh. won't be. Don't worry. I won't make you talk all day. Oh no, it's all good. Um, I kind of want to start off with like some myths that people might have about um, like Alzheimer's. Like, is it hereditary? Is that... So there is a genetic component that can increase your risk, but just because you carry a certain gene does not automatically mean that you're going to get it. Okay. Um, I, I know of a lot of people who have two copies of this like super um, at risk gene who have been able to, with their lifestyle and their nutrition and like supplement regimen, have been able to avoid the cognitive decline Alzheimer's thing. That's um, phenomenal. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of people are afraid of that. You know, if they have a parent or a grandparent that suffered, um, you know, that that's their their fate. You know, there's no way around it. It's just like, it's handed down. <laughs> Here you go. That is not the case. And like, that's part of the reason why I got into this space in the first place was because I have a very strong family of Alzheimer's disease. And it's very easy to just say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to ignore all the signs because I know that that's my fate. When now we know that it doesn't have to be your fate, but you have to be active and proactive about it to get the best results and to completely prevent it. It's 
kind of an, an uphill battle with trying to get the word out about it because it's not really something that you want to hear about right and think yeah. about no nobody does right. no especially it's it's um when you say proactive i'm sure that a lot of the times what you see is somebody that comes to you when they're not far gone, but you know what I mean? Like they are really seeing signs and maybe have just ignored it or downplayed it. And then all of a sudden they're realizing like, I think that there is a problem. People usually do come to me when they are starting to see the signs um, and not necessarily from a like way proactive approach. You know, Alzheimer's is just one form of dementia, but what's great is the Bredesen protocol that I, I'm trained in and I, I teach and I coach and all, all of those terms. Um, it is designed to address really total brain health and all aspects of cognitive decline. So each different type of dementia, including Alzheimer's, is what we're targeting here. And it's I get so excited when I talk about the results <laughs> because... I mean, people just like you get your life back and then you, your stress decreases because you're not worried about not remembering your grandkids names, you know? Yeah. Well, it does set anybody into a panic. Um, you know, the forgetting the car keys, forgetting somebody's name, you know, then it's like, Oh, that just happens with age. Like you just chalk it up as that's just normal as you get older. But I mean, it can start to mess with you a little bit if it's happening more often. And then it's like, you start second guessing yourself and it can affect your self-esteem and your confidence. How, how do people know if this is something that they need to go see somebody for? Great question. And I do want to follow up what you just said with, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I do want to highlight that just because something is common does not make it normal. Okay. So because we have normalized these common signs of cognitive decline as just being part of the aging process, we now consider them normal when they're really, they're just common. And so, but leading into your question, honestly, as soon, well, one, if you have a strong family history or a family history in general of any kind of dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, whether it's like Lewy body disease um, vascular dementia, typical Alzheimer's, any like it, it is time to get what Dr. Bredesen has coined as a cognoscopy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like a colonoscopy, except it's not quite as invasive. Um, right. <laughs> you know, it, it is really good to get a solid look at all of these different contributing factors to overall brain health, which we can totally get into in a little bit if you want. Yeah, um, for sure. But if you don't have, Okay, well, there's there's a couple of points to this. So one, if you have a strong family history, absolutely, even in your 20s or 30s, I would go ahead and start looking at this stuff. Okay. Two, um, Dr. Bredesen does recommend really anyone above the age of 45 to get a cognoscopy done um, because the biochemical dysfunctional processes that lead to the symptoms 
of cognitive decline in Alzheimer's disease can start on average about 20 years before you will have a diagnosis. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Wow. So that's why like it's so important for prevention to get get at this early. And um so even if you're way past 45, right? If you one if you're way past 45, let's just go ahead and get it done, right? But yeah. two, um, some of the earliest signs of cognitive decline, like if, if any of these is ringing a bell with any of your listeners, I would say let, let, it is time. Okay. Um, so forgetting appointments or dates, like, you know, maybe a family member's birthday that you've known for years or whatever, um, forgetting recent conversations or events, um, uh, repeating the conversations, that's a big one that I see. Um, even forgetting who you've had a conversation with, like say I, I will tell, you know, the same story to my husband, my mom, my dad and my sister, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then forgetting who I've told, that's not good either. Um, okay. And then relying more on memory aids. So, you know, while while we're a lot of us are trained to use like to-do list and sticky notes. If you become more reliant on those than normal, that is a sign. And then, oh, this, this one's a big one for me. Struggling to remember why you entered into a particular room. Oh my gosh. That happens yeah. all the time. I know. And I, when I found that out during like my training and my research, I was like, that's me. <laughs> Yeah. So is it good then if you actually do remember while you're still in the other room, you remember what it was that you went in there for? Is that a good sign then? Or it is a good sign. Um, but it's still, you know, it's on the, on the continuum spectrum, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the first step in that is walking into a room and remember, or not remembering why you walked in and then walking back out and saying, Oh, I remember. And going back in and going and doing your right. That's good. But it's still that first step. Right. So this is all, it, it takes time for these processes to break down in the body. The body is designed to be amazing. Like, it compensates and can can do so many things even when its inputs are not optimal. Mm-hmm. The problem is when that condition stays like that for a long, long time. And then eventually it's your reserves and your resiliency will break down and you won't be able to compensate as much anymore. And that's when you start to see some of the symptoms. That makes sense. Well, it's so, um, you know, with technology and everything, everything is so automated for us now. Like I could not even tell you what my kids' phone numbers are. They're in my contacts. If I lost my phone and somebody said, call your oldest son, I would be like out of luck. So you don't memorize phone numbers anymore. Like we, like I had to, when I was a little kid and, um, autocorrect, you know, uh, you don't have to know how to spell things anymore. You've got yep. spell check and people, when they text, they do the letter U instead of Y-O-U. I mean, there are so many shortcuts now to where the computer's doing everything. Technology's doing everything. I feel like we're not using our brains as much as we've had to in the past. That's got to be a problem or contributing to the problem, I would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is huge. We, we call it brain training (laughs) 
but um yeah no we you're you really just hit the nail on the head we really don't use our brains as much like with critical thinking and you know all of these skills that you know we kind of like basically half do now right yeah (laughs) i mean it you're so right you hit the nail on the head with like that is a huge part of keeping our brains healthy like yes you know having the right nutrients and the right um hormone symphony going on and all these different we call them trophic factors that help fuel the brain and keep it going at an optimal um environment Mm -hmm. um but you do it your brain is a muscle you have to work it to you either use it or you lose it that's how it works and so you know keeping up with some of it, it you don't have to do everything but like you know, writing in a journal, that helps a lot. You know, playing, you know, there, I will say playing games on your phone is, there are certain games that are more designed to train the brain. Um, There are certain companies like Brain HQ, and um, that's, that's the one I recommend. I like it a lot. Um, wordle and puzzles and things where okay you can you can tell when you're using your brain people know when they're not using their brain like my sister she teaches and she always says she just likes on the weekends to just have no brainer tv you know just watching things that just don't take any effort at all and everybody gets that way which was bringing me to my point is stress is detrimental also to the brain absolutely so for somebody that has a stress stressful job, you know, where you just can't get around it. Say you're a surgeon or, you know, I mean, right. of course it's good. if you can't get around the, the stress factor, or if you're going through a divorce or there's just a time in your life where you're dealing with a lot of stress, how do you address that? Great question. So of course there are certain aspects of life that we cannot control the amount of stress that we are under. However, you can control how your body reacts to that stress. And so that is where things like, you know, making time to do things that you really enjoy, having a gratitude journal, doing some sort of meditation, whether that's, you know, guided meditation the tradi- in the traditional sense, yoga, um, just having quiet time or, um, you know, being in, in prayer, whatever it is that if you can do that on a consistent basis, it helps re- kind of reset your stress point to where you are lower. Okay. So like if, if you are at a, like you're, you're normal, your like reactive stress point, let's say is like five notches above that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when you like really start feeling the stress. So what that helps do is reset your normal to like three notches below that. So then you have eight notches that you have to get above to get to your I'm stressed out point. Okay. Does that make sense? Like building, yeah, building up a tolerance almost to stress. Yeah, the consistent practice of, of those things that help us get into more rest and digest mode on a regular basis, it kind of helps your body remind it, like remind itself, like what that's like. 
um, especially in our society, in our culture today, like we, we praise the, the people that are so busy. They have no time to sleep. Um, are there supplements that are good to take for your brain? Absolutely. So um, one of my favorite supplements, uh, well, there's like a handful. <laughs> I will be completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, so first of all, balancing out your micronutrients is big. Micronutrients are like your vitamins and your minerals, your fatty acids, your amino acids, your antioxidants, all those like little little things that you get from your food. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the macronutrients are your proteins, your fats, and your carbs that we break down to make energy. Um, the micronutrients are needed more so as like cofactors and they, they make all of the processes in your body run the way that they're supposed to. Okay. So they're super duper important. Um, but some of my favorites are, uh, definitely lion's mane mushroom. Have you heard of that one? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that one's super good. Um, is that like if it's in something or you want to actually eat the mushroom? You can do it either way. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it does work if it's just like in your tea or a supplement. Yes. So I will. Yeah. So I usually recommend it as a supplement because I do live in a more rural area. And so having access to physical lion's mane mushroom is not always easy. Right. Um, but then, you know, I also, you know, teas are fantastic. I am a huge, I'm actually drinking my morning green tea right now. So I'm a huge, uh, tea fan. Um, so if you can have it in your tea, that's great. When, especially when I'm starting out with someone, I prefer to start with a supplement because I can control the amount that they're getting. Oh, sure. That yeah. makes sense. How yeah. long would it take for somebody to start seeing the effects of taking a supplement? So one, it depends on the supplement, but, um, along those same lines, it also kind of depends on where they're at, if they're in complete prevention, or if they're somewhat down the cognitive decline road. Okay. Um, so I've seen where people can see improvement from a supplement in a couple of weeks. I've seen where if you're further down the road that it might take several months before you're really seeing okay. noticeable differences in your cognition and things like that. Okay. I know that green tea is so good for you. Yes. Um, I might, at this part, I'm not even sure if I'm going to air, but it always makes me want to barf. It, it upsets my stomach so much. Like what in the world do I do about that? Cause I want to drink green tea, but anytime I do it, it makes me so nauseous. Just because a food is deemed healthy does not mean it works for your body. That's a good th thing to know. Yeah. Well, because a lot of what I do, like I I also work very heavily with um, gut health and how that connects to the brain as well. And when I'm trying to heal a gut, you have to take away any foods that are potentially damaging the gut. And that's where food sensitivities come in. And okay. food sensitivities can go away because they're not true food allergies, but 
um, during that healing process, we do need to identify what those are. And so I, you know, when I did my own food sensitivity testing, like black pepper and apples showed up on mine. And while those are generally healthy foods, yeah. they, they were not healthy for my body at that time. Can you have, can you tolerate them now? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So when, you, when you are doing that with someone, what, how do you start? What's the baseline? What, ba- like for food sensitivity? Like, yeah. Food sensitivity. Yeah. You, um, do you do a blood test? Yes, I, I do a blood test and then I, the blood tests aren't perfect just because it shows up on there. doesn't necessarily mean that you would have a symptomatic reaction to it, but we go ahead and t- we use that as a guided elimination diet. Um, we take those out for several weeks and then we start reintroducing the foods one by one. And many times, you know, during that time we're, you know, taking gut healing supplements and that kind of thing. Um, but what, then we reintroduce the foods and usually there will be maybe a handful of the foods that were on their list that they still can't tolerate. And we just keep those out for another three months and we try it again. And we're, you know, the whole time, we're, you know, creating this healing environment for the body, creating this new lifestyle that begets more health instead of, you know, going back to what got them to the disease in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the general mm. direction, if you will. So are vitamins, are those also important? To- yes. Okay. Besides Absolutely. like taking, like I have a pantry just full of vitamins and supplements and I feel like I could stand there all day taking them. I am wondering, is it, can you just take a multivitamin and be good if you are not experiencing a lot of decline or anything, you're just trying to be proactive? I would say that's a really good starting place. Um, I, I like love thinking of multivitamins as your nutritional insurance And so it's just kind of there as a backup in case you don't get everything that you need for that day through your food. Um, But I, and I definitely think that's a really good place again, even, you know, really throughout all of life now, especially given a lot of the, you know, the typical American diet is a lot of um, processed foods that aren't very nutritionally dense. Um, You know, different nutritional imbalances can show up very early in life. So, you know, kind of going back to the testing thing, while a multivitamin is a really good starting place, especially if you can't afford right now, like some specialized testing, Mm -hmm. um, the ideal situation would be able to test your micronutrients, you know, how you're able to use them. Are they able to get in your cells for your cells to use them? Or are they just hanging out in your blood where you can't do anything with them? Right. Um, you know, that would be the best. And in which case I usually pair a multivitamin with a few targeted supplements based on their test. Okay. Um, but yeah, a multivitamin is absolutely like ground zero starting place. Like okay. that's, that's foundational. So the test that you mentioned at the beginning, um, that was like a colonoscopy, but for your brain. Yeah. The cognoscopy. There you go. What is, what is that? What does that entail? 
Dr. Bredesen and his team have identified at least 36 different factors that can contribute to cognitive decline. So this, the cognoscopy is looking at your 36 factors and which of those are actually problems for you. So that would include your micronutrients and your nutrient balances or imbalances. It includes your um, adrenal situation with your stress levels. It or looks at your cardiovascular risk profile. It looks at your inflammatory levels. It looks at your insulin signaling and how that's working out. It looks at your thyroid, your reproductive hormones. It does look at your genetics and it looks at your gut health. You know, it is so comprehensive. Wow. Yes, which is amazing because when you take this approach to brain health, you're addressing your entire body's health at the same time. Right. So how do they do it? How do, so, what's the test? So it depends on what kind of practitioner you are working with. So you can do a very basic like just an, like just enough to really kind of get an idea of what's going on um, for through um, Apollo Health. That's Dr. Bredesen's company that I partner with um, to be able to offer these <laughs> this protocol to right. my clients and help them through it. Um, but with my um, functional medicine practitioner background, I kind of augmented that and I said, well, you know, so in their basic uh, workup, they have a select few vitamins. And I said, well, I, I would really prefer to get an entire micronutrient workup because I've seen really good results doing that. Mm -hmm. So like I expanded that a little bit and I expanded, you know, I expanded a few of the different um, aspects of all of that um, as part of what I offer. So it, it depends on what kind of practitioner you're working with, but any way you look at it, you're going to get those basic, like the very basic vitamins, you know, your, your cholesterol panel, um, your uh, APOE status, which is that gene that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's all in a blood test though. So most of them are blood tests. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I, is that what you were mainly asking? And that was yes, yeah, okay, okay. totally fine. Yeah, I was just curious how they find out all that information because yeah. that's a lot of information. Yes, that's so, amazing. So you'd yeah. have to find a functional medicine doctor in your area. Usually, for, for people that don't live by you, I mean, <laughs> right? Well, I actually I work virtually, so I can work with anyone pretty much anywhere, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, you could absolutely do some or find someone more local. Um, I know on Apollo Health, um, their website, they have a find a practitioner um, area where you can find someone closer to you um, that my profile's on there as well. And you can also go to the Institute for Functional Medicine website who has a another find my practitioner um kind of search engine and those so on that website they won't necessarily all be specialized in brain health but if you want someone who is certified or going through the certification process through the institute for functional medicine 
that's a really good place to go. And then if okay. you want someone specialized in the Bredesen protocol, brain health optimization aspect, then I would go to Apollo Health. Okay. So you said you work through Truly? Is that what you said? Oh, no, no, no Sorry. I, I work virtually. Oh, virtually. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so how somebody could send you their blood or how does that work? <laughs> so I, I work through different lab companies. Um, but basically how it would work working with me particularly, you know, again, I can't speak for other people's practices because sure. we're all set up different. Right. right. But, um, we would meet, um, at, virtually of course, and really decide exactly which labs, like if they wanted just like the basic or if they wanted the full um, stool test, which is the comprehensive gut analysis, um, you know, those kinds of things. And I would order it for them and it would send the kits to their house. Okay. And then anything that they could do at home, like the stool test, a saliva test or anything like that, then they could do. And then um, the blood work then we would find a either a local traveling phlebotomist or a um, local lab company local to them that does kits and they just go get their blood drawn and then they send it back to the lab the lab does their thing i get notified when the labs are in and then i sit there and i look at all of those labs and I, you know, help or use the Apollo Health algorithm and um, my experience in the functional medicine, really, mm -hmm. to sit there and come up with a comprehensive plan that we can, I can help implement step by step. So one, that you're successful and two, so that we can tweak it because when you're working with personalized medicine, Part of it, you can, you make very educated guesses based on the lab results, mm -hmm. but it is a guess. And so that sometimes you do have to roll with it and say, oh, okay, you didn't actually tolerate this, um, you know, like, like green tea extract, for right. example, right? You didn't tolerate that. And so, okay, what, what can we try instead? And so kind of create, being a coach in that aspect, I go from like, practitioner to coach very quickly. And I wear both hats. So, awesome. it, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Just bring it back around and you can talk about other things that are good for the brain. That'd be great. Okay. So a couple of my other favorites, and again, like some of these, depending on what the lab results are, that would be where, you know, where we could where I would say, like, I recommend this one over this one or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but some of my other favorites are ashwagandha. Um, it is a nightshade. So if anyone is intolerant to nightshades, I would not recommend ashwagandha. Um, but it's very good for, it's an adaptogen. So it helps the brain and the adrenals adapt to the environment, um, which has been, I've seen so many wonderful things come with ashwagandha and it's one that i i take personally on a daily basis i do so. too yeah i got my husband to start taking it too once he heard that there was like uh benefits for when you exercise yeah like all about it so yeah we both Good take deal. it now yeah <laughs> um and then bacopa is also uh, another ayurvedic 
herb. I think I said that right. Uh, spell that. That'd be great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Bacopa is B as in boy, A-C-O-P as in Paul, A. Oh, I got it right. Okay, perfect. Yes. So it, yeah, no, it is an Ayurvedic herb that, uh, I mean, it's been around for a long, long time, but um, it helps, you know, it, it does so many good things, but in general, what it does in like big picture wise is it helps support the memory comprehension and recall, and it can actually help calm the nervous system. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. a supplement. Right. Um, and then another one of my favorites is go to cola and that is G as in giraffe O T U and that's T as in Tom. Um, and then space. So it's two words. K-O-L-A. Go to Cola. Yeah. And this one has been shown to help improve memory and focus, but it also helps improve circulation and oxygen delivery in the brain and can help treat fatigue. Like, I feel like everyone in America needs this. (laughs) Yeah. I've never even heard of it. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it, it is quite like I've been so impressed with it. That's awesome. Um, Omega-3s are a huge, huge, huge thing. Like one, they help with, um, inflammation like overall, but it, these fatty acids, these healthy fatty acids can have actually been well postulated to promote cognition, memory, and other like normal brain functions because, and I, well, I think this is my personal postulation, but I think it's because the brain actually runs best when it's running on ketones. So um, there, there's this whole other aspect that we haven't even touched on, but uh, that's the dietary uh, component and um, where, or in, in intermittent fasting, that's also really, really good for the brain. But both of those, you can help boost your ketone levels and that also like with the omega threes, I feel like they could just go hand in hand because they're all really good fatty acids. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Exercise also is yes. very important. Absolutely. Diet you know, and mm-hmm. supplements. Sleep. Um, sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. What happens for people that can't sleep? My husband can't sleep. How do you, I mean, if you can't fix that, you're you're kind of out of luck. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because, well, it, it, it honestly, I think it's the most commonly overlooked issue when it comes to overall health and, you know, especially brain health, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is when our bodies repair. Right. And so like, if you think of your body as a bank account, like all day, every day, we're like taking out credits and sleep is when one, you're cleaning up the mess that you created, <laughs> but two, right. you're putting debits back into your bank account. And if you can't sleep or you can't get into a deep sleep or you're not sleeping enough, you know, any of those things, you're starting the next day with a negative bank account. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and I mean, it, it's just it. A lot of your hormones and um, different, I mean, there are are different, many of our different processes, like chemical, biochemical processes in the body have a circadian rhythm to them. And so there are a lot of things that our bodies do when we're sleeping. But like we, we make our cholesterol at night. And while like, 
I feel like cholesterol's gotten a really bad rap, but we have to have cholesterol to live. Like that's what our cell membranes are made out of. And that's what we use to make our reproductive hormones and our stress hormones. If we don't have cholesterol, we die. When a woman is pregnant, you have to make sure that your cholesterol levels are at least high enough. I mean, we don't want them dangerously high, but we don't want them too low because you're building another human being. Right. So you, and if we are made, our cells are made out of cholesterol, we have to have that on board. How do you get so, it? Well, you get it through food. So we, we can get it through our, you know, the healthy fats. We can get it through animal protein or animal fats. If, if you consume meat, um, <clears throat> there's lots of different ways to get them, but you get it from food. So as long as you are eating a balanced diet, then you should be good to go. The mm -hmm. problem comes and which is so this is kind of another tangent, but it does relate to brain health. So I'll, I'll go down <laughs> that road. So when we eat the typical American diet, that is very high in, you know, all of these, I, I'm just going to be blunt. They're fake foods, right? right. They're not real. Yeah. Uh, they're food like substances. And a lot of what they, uh, other than chemicals, They've basically, because fat has gotten this bad rap, which I, I think personally believe that it's because of, you know, follow the money trail kind mm -hmm. of thing, but um, they've taken out the nutritional fat out of these things, replaced it with either, you know, fake fats like trans fats or um, sugar. And so... Now we have like this overloaded sugar. Our bodies were not designed to handle that much sugar. Like we right. were designed to eat the sugar that's in like fruits and vegetables and mm -hmm. maybe some grains and that's it. Right. And so when we have all of these foods that are overladen with these sugars, we become sugar toxic. And when we can't use the sugar, we store it as fat. And that is when our cholesterol goes up, our triglycerides go up. It's not when you're eating too much fat, it's when you're eating too much sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that sugar is just detrimental to the body it all is. the way around. And that causes a lot of inflammation too. It which does. Is another problem. But mm -hmm. oh well, and God. that goes back to your, you know, the list that I hadn't gotten to yet, the things to avoid for the brain. Sugar is like number one. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Um, I would say, um, well, just an overload of carbohydrates in general. Carbs are not bad. An overload of them is not great for your brain. Um, and like I said before, our brains work best when they run on ketones. So having more healthy fats and less carbs, not necessarily no carbs, right? Mm -hmm. But less carbs, that really sets your brain up to honestly just be able to run for however long it wants to because it's got this endless supply of ketones. Right. So I will say 
when you are trying to do this, it is best to track your ketones. So, you know, you know, what, you know, when you're in the healthy range, mm-hmm. um, avoid inactivity, you know, both for your brain and your body. And um, because one that helps with ketone production, but it, you know, it also, I mean, exercise just does so many good things, but you don't have to be a formal exerciser. If you were just active throughout the day, that is how our bodies were designed to be. We weren't designed to sit on our butts all day. Other things to avoid, definitely um, an overabundance of toxins. If you work to decrease the plastics in your home, to make sure that you're drinking filtered water, that you're breathing filtered air, that you have clean personal care products, um, that you're eating as much organic and you know grass-fed, pasture-raised as possible, that is going to lower your to- total toxic burden significantly. Well, where can people find you? Promote yourself here so that uh, people know where they can find you and um, we might have to do another episode. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would totally be okay with that. Um, so um, you can either email me if you want to like reach out directly at hello at oakleywellness.com. Um, my website is oakleywellness.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Pinterest, although Pinterest is more of a search engine, but I am also there. Oh, that's so. awesome. Well, yeah. Um, and I'll have all those links in, in the um, description box below awesome. everything so people can find it easier. But um, yeah, send that all to me so I make sure I get it all spelled right. <laughs> will do. Will do. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Like I said, we might have to do a part two. This is a lot to understand box, but it's it so is. essential. It's so important. You only get one brain. So we got to take that care is of true. it. That is so true. All right. Thanks so much, Lexi. Take no care. Problem. Thank you for having me on. Have you a good bet. one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.